Welcome back to React Native Radio Podcast. Brought to you by the U.S. holiday, the 4th of July. Remember, Independence Day isn't just for getting drunk and blowing things up. You can do that sober as well. Episode 241, a showdown between Redux Toolkit versus MobX State Tree. Did you know that we got nominated for an award for this podcast? I heard about that. Yeah. Actually, you told me. I I did tell you. Let's just not feign (laughs) ignorance here. (laughs) It was in my personal email and I don't really look at that as often. Yeah. Uh, I I informed Jamin that we had been nominated for an award. This podcast was. And I'm, I'm, that's, it actually was like, kind of validating i i guess i get these emails they're like oh you've been nominated for an award just go to this website pay us money and then we'll put you on <laughs> you know we had to make sure it wasn't a scam oh the token nigerian prince <laughs> hey mazin can say that because he's nigerian like he originally was from nigeria okay people relax Somewhere in Nigeria, there's an apartment full of money that no one's claimed. So someone's just yeah, waiting. Like, why does no one want this money? <laughs> right? I uh, yeah. But in this case, it was I think legit, and it actually is legit is because Gant said that he's actually handed this award out before at of React. Course he has. Uh, it used to be React Amsterdam. Yeah, of course he did. Of course he has. It's now React Summit, but the award is Most Impactful Contribution to the Community. This is for the React Open Source Awards 2022. I mean, who are the other nominees? We, we don't know. We don't I, know. Nobody as good as us. I was going to say, spam their Twitter. Like, we, we should yeah. win Maybe this. we're the only nominee. We'll find out on... That would be one way to win it. <laughs> to be the only nominee <laughs> that's uh that's like whenever we have an election like half the ballot is like one candidate unopposed like that's just like a yeah shoo-in. exactly you know what i do in those elections because generally i don't know anything about these like local races yeah you know i actually don't vote for the unopposed the one people. person just in case like there's some i always read that i always read the pamphlet like i read their blurb i look into them if they're like okay-ish then you decent vote for yeah. then i vote for them but my thought process is like if there's someone who's deserving of a write-in they have a better chance if i don't vote for the i don't know it's a dumb it's a dumb way to vote i think <laughs> I, I, whatever. <laughs> but, uh, I, yeah, other than stuffing the ballot box, I don't know. We just have to wait, I guess, and see if we win this award. This episode will probably come out after the conference. Yeah, it will. That's true. But yeah. if you happen to be listening to this as a time traveler. And you're on the committee. Get tickets to if React you're on the Summit. Yeah, yeah <laughs> if you're on the committee that's deciding, I mean, yeah, you know where to find it's us fun. and we can arrange something. It's on June 17th. You can fly. I think all of the in-person tickets are sold out. So, But there's yeah. a virtual option, which is still, I think, infinitely available. You know, if we win this, then I can add award winning to our, to our Ooh, intro. Yes. And all over the website. Did you know I went through, I helped uh, Justin go through the website yesterday. And I, I made sure the podcast was highlighted. Prominent. Yes. As it should be. That's awesome. We need we need all the advertising we can get. Well, I I think that that is actually pretty exciting and a testament, by the way, to obviously all the people that helped make this possible. But 
also to the listeners. Really appreciate all of you being here, hanging out with us. Don't be shy, too. We love it. We love hearing from people who who love the podcast. We do. We do. And we don't hear enough, even though we know you're out there. I see the statistics. This is getting downloaded and listened to. But we hear, like we get like one DM every yeah. couple weeks. So, yeah. <laughs> Shower us with more praise, please. <laughs> You can see what our love language is here. We like awards <laughs> and praise. Words of affirmation. So I'm Jamin Holmgren, your host and friendly CTO of Infinite Red. I am located in the Pacific Northwest in Vancouver, Washington. No, I'm not Canadian. No, I'm not in Washington, D.C. And I live there with my wife and four kids on three acres. I actually got my tractor out the other day and the battery was dead. <clears throat> so I had to jumpstart it. But... But yeah, I'm starting starting that process of cleaning things up for the for the summer. I'm joined today by my inconceivable co-hosts, Robin and Mazda. Inconceivable. Inconceivable. Yes, that's. Uh, I guess yeah, you're inconceivable in some fashion. Robin is a senior software engineer at Infinite Red. She's located west of Portland, Oregon, with her husband and two kids, and has specialized in React Native for the past five or six years, something like that. Mazen lives in Durham, North Carolina with his wife and little boy. He's a former pro soccer player and coach and is a senior React Native engineer also here at Infinite Red. This episode is sponsored by Infinite Red. Infinite Red is a premier React Native design and development agency located fully remote in the US and Canada. By the way, Robin, you did a good job reading this in the episode. I actually listened to the, the one that had just come out before we recorded this and you both did a great job. I listened to a lot of NPR podcast yeah yeah it, it's 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 just like i should have you read this really if you're looking for react native expertise for your next react native project hit us up why do i say react native like every three seconds it's, you also it say infinite spam. red every three seconds if there's ever a drinking game if anybody is playing yeah. a drinking game during the podcast every time we say infinite red and react native They'll be very drunk before we even get started they won't even yeah. know what the topic's on on the floor i know that may be actually the way to go it's probably the easiest way to become award-winning <laughs> is to just get everybody drunk. Uh, where was I? Doesn't matter. We're the React Native Radio Podcast. All right, let's move on. <laughs> let's get into our topic. We have actually uh, a topic that's near and dear to my heart. It, it could ruffle some feathers. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think it could? I think so. I mean, it's, it's always a divisive topic. No matter how many times it's been debated. Programmers are, are weird. It's still divisive. It's true. It's a very opinionated topic, I would say. I think everyone has their opinion and they like yeah. they like barricade themselves behind it. Like, <laughs> well, cuz it's <laughs> it I mean, it's like Flutter versus React Native. It's it's something that you spend a huge portion of your time mm -hmm. using. So yeah, you yeah. you get entrenched true. and when someone questions your choices, then it it sort of gets at you. It's a personal attack. Yeah. So the topic is Redux Toolkit versus MobX State Tree Showdown. Now, before we start, I, I should say uh, I do need I do need to put out a disclaimer. <laughs> I think it's important to note the conflict of interest here. <laughs> I am the primary maintainer, for better or worse, of MobX State Tree. How much time would you say you spend maintaining that there, Demon? Let's move on. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> I don't claim it doesn't to be need unbiased. a lot of it. It's fine. It's done. It's built. It works. It's stable. <laughs> we'll we'll actually talk about that a little bit uh, a little <laughs> later. Uh, we also use Mobex State Tree in our Ignite boilerplate, so we've been using it for at Infinite Red 
where we can uh, for the past, I don't know, five years, something like that. So we don't claim to be unbiased. Not at all. Not at all, no. However, we we have spent, Mazen and I mm-hmm. did spend the past year on a project using Redux Toolkit for a, a client who determined they, they chose the stack. So they decided on Redux Toolkit. So we used Redux Toolkit for a year. So we have used it on a daily basis. In-depth. Yes. Yeah, yeah very in-depth. And it's nice to transition to it because I'd heard a lot about it. And I think it come out not long ago-ish. Mm-hmm. We used it in-depth you know, through this app and this app's in production now and it's great. So having that extra context behind all the other stuff we've used, mm-hmm. I think it was very helpful. It's really nice to know to yeah. know a lot about both. It's like know your competitor. <laughs> Absolutely. We did an episode on state management before. Uh, we did talk a lot of Mobex state tree then as well. And that was in actually our second episode after we took over React Native Radio uh, 175. So go check that out if you want to hear us opine about it prior to this. One last note before we get started, we're not going to cover Redux Toolkit query, RTK query. That is part of RTK, so I should mention it. It is sort of a competitor to React query, and it, uh, but it's a little outside of the scope of what we're trying to do here, which is more the state management, the like local state management. I would like to do a little bit of a, maybe do an episode on RTK query versus uh, React query versus other options, but. But let's, we're going to have plenty to, to go over in this one, too. It's probably going to be kind of a long one. All right, so you mentioned that you've used Redux Toolkit. Robin, what else have you used for state management systems so far? Well, Infinite Red used old school Redux when I first started learning React Native with the help of Redux Sauce, which is a package that, that we produced. Yeah, we actually created that. Yeah, yep. we created Redux Sauce, which added, sort of took away some of the boilerplate of mm-hmm. traditional Redux. I also did one client project where it was truly old school Redux, no mm-hmm. like no helpers, no anything. And then of course I've used Mavic State Tree and now Redux Toolkit, and yeah. uh, I've also just used Context and internal state in React. Yeah, those are kind of the 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 usual suspects there. So you've you've gotten the whole gamut. Uh, Mazen, what about you? I've used kind of plain old Redux at one point. Redux Toolkit. Mm-hmm. Use context in some in some regards, uh, mm-hmm. Mobex state tree, and I also I guess I could kind of throw this in here. I, I did use React Query as a replacement for state management. Mm. That was yeah. more of like a a play not playground. The app actually did go to production with it. Um, and it was just kind of good and just kind of good to see how that happened. And it was leveraging GraphQL. So I guess you could say uh, what's it called stateless, but state management less using a different tool. Yeah. So you kind of rely on the server's state, I guess, more and the caching. It, it was more. Right. Of, it mm-hmm. was. It was more of a web a web app that where the users machine learning would run its stuff kind of overnight, mm-hmm. and then at like eight a.m. the data was ready. So at eight a.m. if it was past eight a.m. you haven't fetched your data, it would refetch, and there's no need to refetch after that. So because it's not going to update. Yeah, that's no an interesting point. use case. Yeah. So that's when I was like, you know what? Maybe there's no point in adding all this extra fluff. And that's a totally valid way to go. Mm-hmm. For me, I've used a bit of Redux. I didn't do a lot of Redux uh, back when we used to use it because my job was different. <laughs> <laughs> At that time, I was running operations more so than being in the tech. I actually became CTO later at Infinite Red. I've, of course, used MobX State Tree a lot because I've shifted more into our tech stack once we switched over. I have used MobX by itself some, which has been very interesting to dive into that. And we will, by the way, talk about you know, differences between 
some of these things. We're trying. We're not going to go too in depth with this, but just to kind of give people an idea of what what we're talking about. Um, and I have built things with use state, use reducer, use context as well. Uh, and I even built my own little thing. Uh, it was kind of on top of MobX and Mob MobX React, uh, but it was using. I had a Firestore uh, app, mm-hmm. so using Firestore to kind of control a lot of the state on the server side. So yeah, uh, we have a we have a fair amount of experience here. I would say across the gamut of this, uh, high level Redux is like MobX. This isn't a perfect analogy. It's an analogy. Yeah, yeah. And Redux Toolkit is like MobX State Tree. Yeah. So you know, Redux itself. One is like the base, and one is like the right. The flavor on top. And I would say Redux is probably halfway between MobX and MobX State Tree. And Redux mm-hmm. Toolkit is a bit beyond MobX State Tree because it includes the query part of it too. But uh, but that's kind of like the the scale we're talking about. But for the purposes of what we're doing today, we're going to be talking about Redux Toolkit minus the query part versus MobX State Tree. Let's talk, let's talk about uh, RTK first and let's talk about kind of the pros, cons, what it does, overview it. That sort of thing. Yeah. So if you're using Redux Toolkit, the general flow of data looks like uh, you have a store, a primary top level store, and then you have what are called slices. So like small chunks of your store that sort of compartmentalize your state into business areas, feature areas. And then in your views, you can select state from your stores and you can dispatch actions, which change the state in the store. Uh, And then you can also utilize a secondary library, Thunk or Sagas, I think are the two primary. Redux Sagas, we used to use that as well. Yeah, Yeah. Redux Saga and and Redux Thunk, Mm -hmm. which will fetch data from external sources, APIs, what have you. And then your store or your slice will listen for those actions to complete and update state as necessary. And then you can also dispatch those thunks directly from your views as well. Uh, this is just, again, you know, this is kind of my biases coming out. But when I when I listen to that, I'm just hearing lots of concepts that if you haven't used Redux, you have to learn. What's a slice? What's a thunk? What's What does dispatch mean? What's an action? Yeah, yeah it's true. Selectors. What's yeah. a selector? Yeah all, <laughs> yeah, all this stuff. And it, it's like they make up their own terms for all these things. But uh, but it one of the things that is pretty cool about it is that it um, like once you get over the hump of all of those things, then scaling up your state management across a big app is just using all of those concepts over and over and mm-hmm. over and over and over. One quick one quick note, like kind of going all over what Robin said, if you're using Redux, kind of linking it to Redux toolkit here, just so you kind of get the full full lay of the land. If you're using Redux, you'd remember stuff like actions.type. And that's kind of how things essentially listened to whenever there was a change. Mm-hmm. And then the reducers would then go and update the data. In the difference here with Redux toolkit is your overarching slice, think of it as like a dot then chaining, kind of like a pro you would chain a promise, mm-hmm. something very similar to that, where you would have your dot, you'd have your state, and then you'd have reducers. And then within those reducers, that's where it's listening to your API, you know, your thunks or sagas. And whenever that changes, that's where you would make your update. So we're mm-hmm. going away from what would be a switch statement to something within a, uh, almost like a chain within mm-hmm. the slice. So the, the API is different. The, um, 
the ergonomics are different even. Yeah. Of it how feels you I will it. say it feels very different Agreed. using Redux toolkit than it than it did using plain Redux. Other than the terms kind of being the same, I couldn't have told you I was using the same state management <laughs> library. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Um, and of course, they were essentially they were uh, trying to address a lot of the con concerns and criticisms of Redux, which was, you know, too much boilerplate primarily. There still is quite a lot of boilerplate. It's less. Mm -hmm. it, it definitely has been reduced, but there still is. You still have to think of all remember all the different places you need to make a change in order right. to do one thing. Mm -hmm. You're like, say, I want to keep track of a new piece of data mm -hmm. you have to remember the like three or four different places you need to go make a change in order to complete that chain mm -hmm. yeah of like fetch update store like yeah there's there's a lot of places <laughs> yeah i remember with redux always forgetting you know whether it was the action type and it never listening to it and stuff like that there was just a lot to copy over back and forth and well given that they've kind of improved on it Mm -hmm. It's still pretty much the same. Like if you're working on a new app where you're creating a new, um, a new store, let's say slice in this concept, you, you're still bringing over a lot of boilerplate stuff, but it's simplified where instead of over multiple files, you're almost could be in one file per store. Mm -hmm. In the past, you know, everything was kind of just split up. Now you could say everything is in one, as far as the state management part of things, all in one file. Yet it's still, you know, could be a larger file. It could for be you. like three, four places within that file. Correct. Yes. Yeah. And that, that all those like splitting up into multiple files are pretty much in one file spread across the entire file. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the pros of Redux and RTK to start with, because we're we're really comparing a lot of these uh, things back and forth between Mavic State Tree and Redux RTK. So um, first off, they're very popular. Like mm -hmm. it's the most hugely hugely popular. The most popular uh, state management library for React. Yeah. Almost the default choice. Yeah, just about. Everyone would probably expect you to be using one of those be right. before even using a new one or a different one. And that come that obviously comes with advantages. I mean, mm -hmm. it's all like it's all over Stack Overflow. It's all over like there's so much support. There's so much the documentation is great. There's blog posts. Yeah, blog posts, articles. Yeah. There's a ton of of learning resources and mm -hmm. support for when you have issues. Big community um and you know these are these are things that we actually argued were in favor of React Native compared to Flutter. Uh you know the big mm -hmm. community, the ability to to hire for it, things like that. So there is a lot that you could say is going for it. I would say their their documentation is very very good if not great. Like uh, they've yeah. definitely put a <laughs> ton of time good. into it. Excellent documentation. Also, very good integration with Dev Tooling. These are really, really important. Like, v you'll find like VS Code extensions. Mm -hmm. I, I do like kind of going back to the documentation. Sorry that yeah, every aspect of the documentation, if you're looking for a certain piece of it, has you know simple examples of how to do it in both TypeScript and JavaScript. I think that that toggle. You know, we I think we still forget that a lot of people still use JavaScript. So I think they've <laughs> yeah. they've put a lot of effort into making sure they're the documentation widely covers accessible. all. Yeah, there we yeah. go. Widely and accessible. just defaulting to only JavaScript leaves out the TypeScript side of it. Exactly. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. Very good TypeScript support, actually. I remember that being yeah. one of the things. Yeah, and, and things generally work pretty well. You don't yeah. have a lot of weird errors and stuff. If you follow the if you've like follow the documentation and like 
you you understand the terminology and you're yeah. implementing it as expected. It's pretty rare to get some just like funky error that you have to Google and yeah. spend a lot of time debugging. Um, let's talk about the cons. So we like we we've touched on we've touched on some already. Like there's still there still is a lot of boilerplate, despite the fact that it's less boilerplate than <laughs> there was before. <laughs> and we've also talked about the the all the new sort of conceptual things. Reducers, slices, selectors, thunks, sagas. Thunks. Actions. Yeah. All these terms that don't necessarily match any mental model that you would already have. Yeah. Yeah. And, and speaking of selectors, so I, I was actually meeting with a friend, a developer who uh, wants to convert over a pretty large Redux powered app uh, over to MobX Statry. So he was just asking me a bunch of questions. And he showed me a file that was a 1400 line selectors file. Oh my God. This was just one of their many files that had selectors in it. And I just made a comment as we were kind of sliding through it. I said, yeah, you just delete this file and not mm. replace it when you use MobX State Tree. So this was one of those things that is just, uh, I, I guess I'm going to skip ahead actually in my notes here to performance um, because that's why selectors exist is because uh, you don't need every piece of data in every component. So when you have a global store like this and you're passing it around, you need to make sure that it's, you know, performantly selecting only the stuff that you need. Unfortunately, you have to do that manually in Redux and RTK. Selectors break my brain too. Yeah. Like the way they're defined, it's like a function which then passes its return value to a new function and you have to keep track of like what arguments each function needs and it's confusing. Yeah. Anyway. And slices also, I would say, are... And this kind of goes to one of my main criticisms of Redux. It's like, because they have made certain trade-off decisions, they're like, okay, we're going to have one store, one big store. Now, people want to divide this up into, they don't, they don't want everything in one store. So now, how do you effectively design a store that can kind of like isolate pieces? You call well, it a slice. Invent a new, yeah, invent <laughs> a new concept. Like every time it's inventing a new it's concept. It's still a store, but we're calling it a slice. Exactly. And I kind of get why they're calling it a slice, but it's sort of like thinking in terms of the implementation rather than what people, how people would mentally model this stuff. That's just, uh, yeah, definitely one of my criticisms. Uh, thunks and sagas are, first off, why are they called thunks and sagas? You don't know what that means. Saga? I can kind of picture why it's called a saga. I can like, I, yeah, I, I can work it out. Yeah. Thunk? No yeah, idea. So. <laughs> Absolutely no idea why it's called a thunk. I will say they're easier to Google. Yes. Uh, it is true. Yeah. It's true. So, they are easier to Google. So that is a piece of this. And then actions. So both Mobic State Tree and Redux have actions. Action is reasonably self-explanatory. Action is reasonable. Yeah. yeah. Now, one of the pieces of this also is that Redux tries very, 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 very hard to be immutable, like all the way through, mm -hmm. which forces you to do a bunch of backflips to do anything. Uh, of course, I'm, I'm actually not a immutable maximalist uh <laughs> if you've followed me at all <laughs> i think immutability has its place but javascript is mutable by default for a reason and uh so uh, well we can talk about that some more but people will ha I, I guarantee you some people including some very senior developers who are listening to this right now will have a visceral reaction to me saying mutability is not bad <laughs> uh they'll be like oh no 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 you can't do that well you, you, that's that's the recipe for disaster they all 
everyone has a story of some like horrible bug. Yeah, supposedly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to get into that. Uh, I could do a whole episode on mutability versus immutability. Uh, But uh, Redux has kind of bought into that. um, Man, I'm really trying not to be too negative here. I'm really trying. Uh, Redux (laughs) has really decided to make the trade-off that uh, immutable everything is the way to go. Now, in RTK, they use Immer. And that makes things feel a lot better while still being immutable. You saying like you're trying not to be biased here, Jim, and I think <laughs> we're, we're just pointing out the new concepts. Mm-hmm. There are a lot, right? And given that you know, Rob and I had the first-hand experience with it, I, I think the best thing for anyone to do, especially when we're, maybe this is something to say at the end of the episode also, but do a simple app with both of these, for example, and then try it out for yourself. Like, yeah, get Ignite, get used to MobX state tree and how it's fetching data, and then maybe convert Ignite over to Redux Toolkit and just see the difference for yourself. I, because, I mean, yeah. it, it could come down to personal preference too. Like, there's, exactly. the, this isn't an entirely objective thing. Like, no, it's what's not. best for one person in one app could be different than what's best for another person in, in another app. Well, like we talked about in the Flutter versus React Native thing, a lot of it comes down to the trade-offs that you make, the trade-offs that you decide, you know, and and also <clears throat> better isn't always better uh, because there are different things that apply to this. But coming back to Redux, so I can keep on, uh, <laughs> so I can keep talking about this, uh, it also subscribes very much to the Flux pattern. Now, Flux came out, I remember when Flux came out and the initial, first off, it was just sort of a concept. It wasn't even, there wasn't even a library. And then there was like a Flux library. There was, um, there was, uh, there's one called Reflux, which was like the worst name ever. Reflux, I remember that. <laughs> and it was terrible. <clears throat> I shouldn't say it's re- terrible. The, the name was terrible. And it also was kind of clunky. Uh, Redux came out and actually simplified it quite a lot, mm-hmm. which shows you how complicated the Flux pattern was to start with. Um, I sort of feel like the flux pattern is like programmer egghead brain kind of gone wrong. You know, like like there you just you let you let the PhDs have a little too much freedom here. Um, <laughs> and all these concepts, you know, instead of instead of like real world people sitting down and building apps. So can you give everyone just a quick TLDR of what the flux pattern is if they don't know? So part of the problem here, like it's it's actually difficult for me to even explain, even though I've studied it actually fairly a lot. That's how complicated it is. That's how complicated it is, but I'll try. Okay. So when you're when you're the idea behind it was essentially that the the more your app grows, the more complex kind of the the different pieces that are reaching into your app uh, as far as like state management are concerned. And you have like data being updated from different places uh, in different ways. And, you know, it, it's sort of like a, a bi-directional data flow. You have data coming from, right. from components and then two components. The view, like the view updates the store and then gets data from, it also gets and data the store from updates the, store. the view. Yeah. And, store yeah. Updates mm-hmm. the view. Yeah. and that was sort of, that was common with like, with like Angular and Ember to some degree and things like that. Uh, Flux tries to solve this by making it unidirectional. Which is why you have actions and dispatchers and... Yeah, exactly. You have kind of like this, you, the, the classic circle where you have, you know, a user interaction hits, you have your action creators that then hit make an action. 
Oh my gosh. And then that, that hits a dispatcher. I had forgotten about action. You had to keep track of your actions and your action mm-hmm. creators. <laughs> yeah. And then you have, you know, you have your store. And then once your store updates, then you have change events that hit. Yes. And then those finally go to the React views. It was just, it was like, it was an interesting idea. It was based off of Elm and I did some Elm. So like, I, I'm familiar with this pattern. Elm had to do this because there was literally like the, the language forces you to do something like this. And that's okay. Like I didn't mind it. Anyway, let's not get too deep in the weeds with that, but it kind of gives you a sense. Now Redux actually made this simpler. It like simplified some of the concepts down, skipped some steps, made it a little easier. So everybody really, that's why it won. Cause the React team was saying you need to use the flex pattern and the best, the easiest library to use the flex pattern was Redux. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. with that said, there were some other ideas out there, you know, certainly observables and uh, reactive programming were out there, but people were sort of a little scared of it because, again, you know, the egghead sort of got too much control over that part of it as well. And there wasn't really an easy way to, to do this. So I, I should mention before we get into MobX State Tree, one last thing too, performance. It's actually pretty easy to write poor performing RTK code. Yes, mm-hmm. it's very easy. And very you end up writing code to fix that issue. Uh, through selectors and and some other things. Um, and I think that this is actually, for me, the, one of the biggest criticisms I have of, of Redux, as well as one of the big, biggest places I love having MobX and MobX state tree. So let's get into MobX state tree. And they're, they're, uh, I do want to really quickly, when, uh, when we're done with this, go back and briefly touch on the pros again of Redux, because there, there were some really important things in the pros section that we shouldn't forget. The cons sound really bad, mm. but there were some good things. Um, but let's talk Mobix State Tree. So Mobix State Tree, you load your your data, and you can have uh, essentially a, a function, you know, a method, I guess, in your store. Well, so yeah, let's start. Let's start with first of all, you have stores. That's like the correct the fundamental. Yeah. Okay, let me back up. Yeah, yeah, you have stores. You can have multiple stores. A store instance, you could have a. You can have 5,000 store instances if you want. A store instance is literally just a model that contains other models. We just call it a store by convention, but you actually define it using types.model. So a store is just a model. Models can be any data model of custom types or even like types.string, types.number, or it can be a custom type that's an object that contains other things. It's very OOO reminiscent. It is actually object oriented, yeah. kind of yeah. focused. I, it, it all it constantly reminds me of Rails, an active record. Yeah, it, maybe that's why I like it. Yeah. From the very beginning, when I first learned about it, I was like, oh, this seems like active record. It still reminds me of active mm-hmm. record. <laughs> totally. Then you can pull that data into your store. And then in your components, if you're using React, or sorry, uh, MobX React, which is one of the coolest libraries ever, it just watches whatever you're accessing. You don't have to write a selector, you just use it. You go like, user.name and it now knows anytime that name changes in your user model but only name it doesn't only name it doesn't listen for the entire story it only listens to what you have used that's it so if email changes it doesn't care and i think that is that's where the you get the performance benefit yeah Mm -hmm. so that's kind of like like we're jumping ahead to the benefits of it but it's it's like even when you're just using it for one thing it's it's very concise um, actually, let's just let's go ahead and, and jump into that. Uh, we have some other things to talk about here, but let's let's jump into the pros. 
I think it's fairly easy to learn. Like I, I've, I put out a, a video and like a mob X state tree in 20 minutes thing. And you know, if you watch that video, you're going to understand like how to use it pretty, pretty well. There are a couple other concepts I didn't touch on, but, uh, but for the most part, the API service is not that big. It's a relatively tight API surface. All of the, the sort of side effects, the async actions, like, uh, accessing external services, that kind of thing. It's all built in. You're not dealing with yeah. a separate, like sagas and thunks are completely separate library to Redux. Both MobX, state tree, they're all it's all built in. Your models, your models have their properties, they have their actions. It's all defined directly on your model. Yeah, if you want to kick off an action that fetches data and updates the store, you just make it an async action. Mm-hmm. Just by literally putting the word async in front of it. Right. It's just <laughs> it's a yeah. function. It's a function. It's yeah. just a function. Like there it isn't there's no other concepts to learn here. It's just a function. I think you just mentioned it's just a function, no new concepts. I think that's that and also the fact that it's less boilerplate. Mm. where you don't have to set up all that boilerplate to get it yeah. set up, I think is is very, it's amazing. It's just small and you only, you know, set up what you want for that store. And if it's, you know, one function, that's it. That's all you, you need to do. A, a view, not even, maybe not even something listening to an API per se. And like the example I mentioned before, where you, you're just trying to add a new piece of data that you that you want to track in redux it would be like three or four different places that you then have to go update to like add all the links to the chain and yeah. mobx day tree if i want to add a new property i add a new property yeah. and then i one line i call yeah. it in my view you just yeah so if you wanted to add in in this hypothetical user model if you wanted to add an age you would just put age colon number number yeah and then over in your in your component where you're consuming the user, you would just do user.age and you have it. And it's observed, it's selected, you know, uh, it's everything's everything's good to go. And I think that the concepts are a little more universal. Like the, we're not making up concepts here. There's models and stores. Mm-hmm. People understand what those are. In fact, we combine them so that they're just one thing. I think store is actually just a concept that Infinite Red invented. Sort of like, I guess. We just name, our, we name our models specifically like something store. Yeah, if it's going to yeah. contain a list of other other models. yeah other <laughs> stuff so like if you have a messages store it'll have many right. messages right exactly. in it. yeah which is again it's a it harkens back to active record for me because you it does kind of you have yeah. tables full of records mm-hmm. and so each record is a model and then you have a table which stores a list of them and so we have our our like instance models and then we'll have store models which then mm-hmm. store an array of those instances it's very database A few other things that you can do is uh, runtime types. So this is only during development unless you want it in prod, but during development, you can have MobX state tree check to make sure that the, the types.number that you are now setting, age equals mm-hmm. 40, you actually gave it a number and not a string right. or some other thing. So runtime type checking, less important when you have TypeScript. The nice thing is that it infers the TypeScript types from those runtime types, so you don't have to do it twice. You just do it once and you're good. You obviously have your actions. You can do regular, which are just like make this change to the store, right. you know, like um, set current user to a new user. Right. You usually make a bunch of like setter. Setter actions. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, you have async actions. So async action was just like I said, you just put the word async in front of your function name and now it's async and you can await. And then you have flows and flows are really 
basically almost identical to the async actions. But the, the reason that they exist is because... Generators, aren't they? They are generators. The reason that they exist is because in Mobic State Tree, you can only update your store when you're in an action context. In other words, you can be only do it in your action function. You can't update the store. You can't go user.age equals 40 somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. It yeah. will it will error. It'll be like, hey, you can't, you you know, especially there is a way to turn that off. Which is why we have to make setter. Yeah, that's why we make setter actions. Yeah, that's why you, you'd, you'd have like user.setAge. And then that's in an action. An async function after your first await jumps out of the action context. So with a flow, it allows you to just continue that. Uh, and you can just continue to set things. It, it doesn't come into play very often. I actually don't use flows myself um, very often, if at all. And it's just because async actions do everything I need as long as I have setters. It, it, that, that's sort of getting deeper into the weeds. But Mazen, I know this is a feature you really love, so I'm going to let you take this one. What about views? Yeah, I, views are probably the best part of Mobex State Tree for me. Going back to your example of user and age, let's say we don't have age, our API returns, date of birth. Uh, and that could be types.date. So that's, you know, it's a date. We know it's a date. And you have a view. And on the user profile, we want to display the user's age. You could just in your views do get, because it's a getter, uh, user's age or whatever you want your function name to be. And then within that, just return converting the type.date. Like do the math, calculate the age. Exactly. Do the math. Return it. And then just return that age and it'll display on your screen. And every time. And it caches it. Exactly. It caches it. Like it caches it and waits like if birth date changes, it updates the getter. But otherwise, it's not recalculating it every time. It just like mm-hmm. saves that. That idea of the views always still listening to whatever the one thing you're using, because you kind of want to keep your views to listen to as little stuff as possible. I think we're going back to performance. If that one thing changes, it'll update just that one spot that needs to be updated, not everything kind of leading up to that. So very this is like the most appealing, well, not that it, the rest isn't, but I love this <laughs> aspect of it. I think sh- should be leveraged more um, in, with MobX. I definitely found myself trying to reach for that concept while I was using Redux Toolkit. A view, uh, this is actually the most poorly named concept in MobX State Tree. A view is like a view into your data. It, it's what confusing. I would probably call it is, yeah, like computed value, derived state. Yeah. Or you're transforming data before you consume it. So how would you do that in Redux? Like what what is the or RTK or RTK? I think you'd almost have to write a utility function. Yeah. Like you would in your let's say your profile mm-hmm. stats component, you would get the user object and then you would send it out and mem like memoize it. Yeah, you'd send it out to a utility function that memoizes it or even within the yeah. component yeah. just a memoized age that does that for you. Yeah, it would be very manual. Yeah. So going back to quote unquote boilerplate, you're just adding more to it to get the the add-on views are basically utility functions. Whether you can do some stuff with selectors, right? You you can. Yeah. But I don't know. But if, it's not as performant. No. Is there I, I thought that there was a computed property feature in Redux and RTK. If there was, I don't think we've used it. You haven't used that yet. Okay. Yeah, it just says use selector. <laughs> selectors it's i like, suppose yeah so i guess from my perspective it certainly is you know like there's probably ways to accomplish this elsewhere but the the caching you get and then the reactivity is kind of the biggest thing that i wanted to to bring up so with mobx react and mobx react light light just doesn't support the class syntax for components 
what you do is you just add, you wrap your components in an observer function. So you just say like export your observer version of of this of this uh, component, and then what that does is it ensures that any property that changes in any model or any store that is accessed inside of that component will actually then target in a targeted way re-render that component. So if you had a little age ticker that was based on the it's based on the the birth date and then someone goes in there edits their profile and changes the birth date it will actually update that age component the component that is consuming that age based on the view it could also do it just based on bare properties that you're accessing as well because uh, maybe you have the birth date shown somewhere and that also updates but also it's only that component it doesn't have to re-render the whole tree because hey you know we're immutable so now everything has changed we have to go deep compare everything not to mm. get after immutable structures again. But. Just real quick, with RTK, the use selector only selects the data for you. Mm. So it's almost like if you want to get the date of birth in your view, you'd use selector state arrow state dot user dot date of DOB or whatever. So to still convert it to age, you'd still have to have a utility function that does it but you to could, make that change you could put it within the selector still and there you know const age is equal to you selector etc so there's still more work to be done to get you there instead of just having that one piece live in that one spot and it's visible so the last pro i'd like to throw out there is that mobx state tree doesn't change all that much and i do i do <laughs> see that as a pro <laughs> it doesn't change much because jamin's the maintainer <laughs> <laughs> it's true I'm very careful not to make a lot of changes. A lot of people rely on this library. Um, and I really only want to make changes where it's really necessary. With that said, uh, it is something that this is getting into the cons. Um, we have a smaller community. Actually, I saw the, the, the creator of Angular actually submitted a pull request to Mob X State Tree the other nice. day. So he's using it. Ooh. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Uh, but we have a smaller community than Redux. We're still the biggest, MobX State Tree and MobX itself are still the biggest alternative to Redux. So don't, don't feel like it's small. It's, it's like, not small. I would, I would small characterize it as like a 80-20-90-10. Yeah, it's in that range. Yeah. yeah. There are apps in production that are using it. So. Well, oh yeah, for sure. Tons. We, the ones yeah. we've made for sure. <laughs> not, not just that. There, there are some big apps out there that yeah. are using MobX State Tree for sure. But yeah, we obviously use it at Infinite Red a lot too. Uh, there are some gotchas. We talked about the async actions where it'll jump out of the action context uh, once you do your first await. So that's why flow exists. But that's a relatively straightforward way to fix it. And there's some heuristics you can use to uh, to make sure that that doesn't happen. One of the, the biggest cons for me is it just, there tend to be a lot more errors and like mm -hmm. things that just don't work the way you think they're going to work. Mm -hmm. um, I've had a lot of issues with the uh, identifier and reference types. So there's there's a feature in Mobix Tree where you can define a particular field as an identifier, like an ID. Yeah. And then that lets you reference that object or instance as this identifier. So if you if you have a list of that particular model type, it just it stores a list of its identifier instead of the entire instance. Uh, and there's I have had a lot of issues with like references being missing or in another tree or like there's I'm not entirely sure what goes on behind the scenes, but it can be tricky to get it right. Um, and things like deleting 
objects can be kind of fraught because they disappear, but then something's listening or mm-hmm. referencing it somewhere else. You get a red screen. Um, it gets tricky in, in situations where you're trying to paginate a lot of data. So you're like clearing out entire entire stores and replacing the data. And then you're dealing with sort of abandoned yeah. references. Uh, right. There can be some some bugs in that area and, be, and it can be frustrating. References, which we didn't even touch on here uh, until now. Um, references are finicky in a way that I don't really like. I actually created a library to fix this. <laughs> oh, I did not. Yeah. It's called MST Reference Pool. And what it does when is... did you do this? Oh, you know, just on my live stream at rn.live. free time. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, I didn't watch that episode. <laughs> MST Reference Pool is... Uh, it's a MobX State Tree extension. Uh, so you can just, like, load it in really easily. Uh, that lets you use references to a pool of model instances for any store. So it's sort of like a, an array type, like a type set array that you can point all of your references to. It also has a garbage collector, so you don't have memory leaks. So you would, let's say you have a bunch of posts, and this is all stuff that Robin just talked about. Like this is stuff that she's dealt with. So when you add new posts, let's say you load it in from the server or you created a new one on your app, you would use the functions that I provide to add these things. And then you can reference those anywhere in your tree. And it will basically everything in your data tree is going to be a reference, not the original post itself. And the only time that the post is actually deleted is when all of the references are gone. Nice. So when there's no references left, then it will finally delete it, Mm -hmm. which is the whole problem with the, you know, like referencing dead objects. You deleted it, but then it was referenced somewhere else and things like that, that it solves all of those issues. And it is very performant. It works super well for this stuff. I'm using it on a side app. Uh, it's it's great. Nice. So this was definitely to built to kind of fix a lot of that. Um, See, we can cross that Gas con Buddy off the list. <laughs> you, can, you can if you use this. Jamin fixed it. Library, yeah. Uh, the Gas Buddy app, which we've been working on for quite some time, actually uses it under the hood uh, for a lot of stuff. Side note, we work on the Gas Buddy app, which was number one in the app store a couple of years. Yeah. And probably will continue to be very high with the gas prices the way they are. So that is a huge complaint. One of the biggest complaints about Mobic State Tree. And I think I've mostly addressed it at this point because of that. Obviously, I mentioned the the smaller core team, uh, which kind of goes with the the community. I do actually have about 15 people on the core team, but not everybody is super active. So there are people, you know, watching the repo and things like that. Uh, I would say the documentation is one of the the negatives um it's always been it's achilles heel i think yeah Um, i really need to go through and pretty much redo them i think all documentation around the world can always (laughs) improve and keep working on i agree with you but i think you giving it a putting it in the cons is a little bit i kind of disagree with it because you also have the videos because i think the videos are very helpful of actually Mm. seeing it working yeah plus there's also considering it's a small community the documentation Still, uh, yeah, I keep going back to the videos. The videos are great, and I think you do a lot of you do a lot of you know content, whether it's the Loom videos or um, yeah, or your stream where you do go through it, and it's very helpful to kind of help with the documentation aspect. When I was learning Mobex State Tree, I was able to find the videos on the site and actually some videos of you mm-hmm. talking about MST, and I was able to pretty much learn and understand the basics of MS- MST through that. It might be. 
a little overstating it to say that I don't know if I even really want. Redux needs a lot of documentation because <laughs> of all the new concepts they've created. Mm -hmm. uh, do you really need a documentation about a function, a setter function, you know, stuff like that? Like you do need documentation for an action and reducer. Yeah, you, know, you do. Yeah. Uh, you don't need it for a setter function like as much, you know, like you mm -hmm. could have a little bit. With that said, I do think that the documentation of Redux is better for sure. They put more time yeah. into it. We're really way over time here. And I apologize to the editors here for this one. Uh, there's just a lot to go through. I'm gonna really quickly hit a couple other things. TypeScript support could be better. Uh, the errors of that TypeScript pops up are a little obtuse and that can be problematic in a lot of ways. I wish it was better. Yeah, it's the, the runtime type checking and TypeScript don't always exactly mesh very well. And so because of that, uh, that's that, those are definitely some, some negatives. Um, I'm gonna do a really quick uh, reminder on the pros of Redux, they're basically the opposite of the cons of, of MST, which is that essentially very popular, big community, lots of uh, do good documentation, uh, integration with dev tooling. There is, there are dev tooling for, there is pretty good dev tooling for MobX. I search for a VS um, code extension, it doesn't exist. But yeah, no, no VS code <laughs> extension, all these things. And the errors are better, TypeScript integration is better. And those are good reasons to choose Redux and RTK, for sure. Um, with that said, do not skip over MobX State Tree before you make that decision. I think that mm -hmm. a lot of people, if they experience the two, are going to make the choice of, uh, you know, that MobX State Tree is a viable solution. You, of course, use what's best for you, uh, for your particular organization and your use case. We do prefer MobX State Tree at Infinite Red. We still do a lot of Redux. We still do a lot of RTK. We are not going to turn down Redux projects. We're going to continue to do that. Uh, if you use Ignite, MobX State Tree is built in already. So Ignite is our React Native boilerplate. You can go check that out. And if you want to see a 20-minute MobX State Tree demo that will blow your mind a little bit, <laughs> hopefully, uh, we're going to put the Loom video in the show notes. I apologize in advance for the the quality, maybe I'll redo it before we do this. There's some issue with Loom and the quality didn't come out quite how I wanted it to, but it, it's still quite watchable. You can still see everything that's happening. It's just not my our normal, like super high quality. Thanks uh, to both of you. Sorry, I we, we're just trying to wrap this up quick. We have much more to say on this topic. We could spend another full episode on this if we wanted to, but you can always go to rn.live to see me doing some uh, some live coding. Uh, you can see previous episodes, youtube.infinite.red. Uh, you can join our community to talk about Redux versus MobX state tree, community.infinite.red, that's a Slack community. So over 2000 React Native developers there. You can find us, Robin underscore Heinz, me and I'm at Jamin Holmgren. You can find Mazin at Mazin Chami. React Native Radio at React Native RDIO. Thanks to everybody who is helping out today, uh, producer, editor, Todd Worth, assistant editor, episode release coordinator, Jed Bartoski, designer, Justin Husky, guest coordinator, Derek Greenberg. Thanks to Infinite Red. Um, did I hit all the points? I think I hit all the points. We're going to put some links. <laughs> no one's so listening at check this out the point show anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's like, okay, all right. Um, we're, we're, I think we're done. See you later. Awesome. Bye. Bye.